You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 112. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. all the time and they don't eat enough. And what do you think starts to happen over time? Does their body start to deteriorate? Do they have trouble sleeping? Do they get cranky? Do they get moody? Could it be you? Could it be a friend you know, a neighbor? This is actually a pretty serious topic. It's called overtraining syndrome. And a lot more people have it than you might even realize. And you might even have it and not even realize. So we're gonna talk today about how this happened, how this happens, what is it? What are the symptoms? What can we do to prevent it, to fix it? And really, is it something that's affecting your life and you didn't even know it? Overtraining symptom, also called OTS. We're gonna talk about that today. But first, the eagle's eye on health. Today's eagle's eye on health, I love it actually. The title of it is Cutting Facebook Lowers Stress Levels. Somehow, I don't doubt that. <laughs> it says, need to cut some stress out of your life. Researchers from the University of Queensland in Australia say that taking breaks from Facebook can help. Their study included 138 active Facebook users who were asked to either take a five-day fast from the social media platform or maintain current usage. Each person self-reported on their well-being and stress levels and underwent salivary cortisol tests before and after the intervention. According to their findings, published in the Journal of Social Psychology, skipping Facebook led to a decrease in cortisol levels. However, the abstinent group reported a drop in life satisfaction and said they look forward to returning to the site once the study was complete. I thought that was funny too. So yes, Facebook can actually cause stress apparently, and they're seeing that in the higher cortisol levels in the body. But yet, look, so many of those people said, yeah, that might be, but I still wanna go back to Facebook. I'll let you sit with your own thoughts on that one, but just know that we are all, almost all of us, guilty of spending a little too much time on social media. Okay, let's talk about overtraining symptom. And you might even be thinking to yourself right now, well, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not an athlete. As I always say, I just said it in last week's podcast episode, if you're someone who works out daily, you still can suffer from overtraining sy syndrome. It is not just the athletes who I see this in, and certainly not just the pro athletes. I see a lot of age group athletes who definitely fall into this category, but I also see a lot of moms who go to the gym a little too much or working out a little too hard daily, and they too are actually seeing the symptoms of overtraining syndrome. Now, when it comes to exercise volume, the more you work out, the more benefits you will achieve. However, there is actually a tipping point beyond which the amount of exercise you perform can do a little more harm than good. And this point can be reached by one or both of the following ways. It can happen from too much exercise without enough recovery. 
It can also happen from chronic underfueling. And you put both of those together and you're basically going to get in trouble fast. This tipping point is known as overtraining syndrome, also called, or you'll see it as OTS. And in short, it leads to a decreased level in fitness and possibly even injury. Whether you're a male or a female, you're equally at risk for OTS. So recognizing these early signs and combating them early could prevent detrimental fitness and health outcomes. I wanna talk to you today about 11 signs of overtraining to look out for, because as I just said, if you can catch this early enough, you are going to save yourself a world of trouble later. So the first thing is how does, how does this even happen? How does this happen to people? I thought we're supposed to work out. I thought we're supposed to work out every day. Like what's going on and why are people seeing this? I get a lot of clients who are simply working out way more than they need to be. Some do it because they think, well, if I work out more, I can eat more. I hear this all the time. I hear people say, well, I love food, so I need to work out more because I love to eat. Well, just so y'all know, I love to eat too, (laughs) but I'm not going to work out in order to eat more calories. And as soon as you get on that wavelength that you're going to work out for two to three hours because you have a function tonight, as soon as you start playing this game with yourself, you should know that you're headed into some rocky territory. You want to eat to fuel your body, but you don't want to you don't want to work out to eat. Does that make sense to you? you? You really don't want to do it. It turns into a very very vicious cycle. Now, some people overtrain because they see their weight will not budge on the scale. Okay, so they're they're the client who comes to me and they're like, my weight won't change. I've weighed 145 pounds forever. It doesn't matter what I eat. It doesn't matter what I do. I cannot break 145 pounds. So they work out all the time and they're kind of obsessed with it. And they're sometimes two classes a day or three classes a day. And they think, well, can you imagine if I stop working out like this, I'll be even heavier. And that's the wrong way to think because it's not true. As I've talked about many times, if you're working out two to three hours and then you're not fueling yourself enough to maintain all of that exercise calories, you're doing more harm than good. You're likely never going to lose weight because your body's under so much stress because exercise is stress and you're not eating enough because you're dieting because you can't ever get under 145 pounds. So you're like, well, I know I can't eat more. And so your body goes into that state of hold everything, hold on to every pound because she's not going to feed us and she's going to keep burning these calories. So, you know, the body is actually smarter than you and is trying to do everything it can to protect you in that situation. So if you're that person, I just want you to know you're doing it wrong. (laughs) It's not working for you stop, contact me, let me help you because obviously what you're doing isn't working and you're creating an overtraining situation, which actually is going to hurt your metabolism even more and continue to make weight loss even more difficult. Now, athletes definitely have the overtraining issue. Uh, This is very common. Um, Obviously, I have worked with pro triathletes. I have worked with marathoners and Boston qualifiers and people who go to Kona Ironman. And I've worked with all these amazing athletes. And in some respects, their training, especially for Ironman athletes, I mean, 
being an Ironman athlete, overtraining is part of the game. So it's how you manage it. And honestly, you don't want to train for Ironmans too often because I really do think it's a lot on the body and and it is already overtraining. So if you're not fueling to the T and really providing yourself with enough energy to recover from all those workouts and all those races, overtraining syndrome is definitely bound to happen to you. Now, an athlete generally has a knowledgeable coach. That's what I would hope. Um, whether they're a pro or not a pro, you need a knowledgeable coach so that they're putting those recovery periods into your program. But if you have a coach who's sort of beating you down daily and you never have recovery, you're looking at, again, that overtraining syndrome happening. So be really cautious if you feel like you're working out way too hard, way too often, without enough recovery. And, And again, some of often, I should say, with especially Ironman, but even marathoners, recovery doesn't always mean a day off. It's an active recovery. But you need to make sure that your heart rate is very, very low. And that's really hard to do, but it's key for those athletes. Otherwise, again, they're going to hit that overtraining syndrome. So here's the thing. As I was just saying, the body is smarter than you are. And thank goodness, right? (laughs) Because we all make some really bad choices for ourselves on many occasions. I see it all the time. And the things that we will do to ourselves, the things that I see people do to themselves with the diets and the detoxes and the working out three hours at the gym, the things that we would never do to our children, right? Would you tell your child you have to go to the gym and work out for three hours? Don't come out until you took all three classes? No. Would you tell your kid you can only drink juice for the next five days? I hope not. The things we do to ourselves, we wouldn't do to our children. And that's a really good barometer, in my opinion. If something is okay for you to do, is it okay for your child? Would you have your child do it? And if you say, no, I would never have my child do it, then I want you to question why it's okay for you to do it. Now, there may be the one thing here and there that's the case that, is different, but on the whole, probably not, right? So let's talk about how you know if you're headed into this overtraining syndrome. There's 11 symptoms that may apply to you, and and it doesn't have to be all of them because one or two of them could mean that you're at the beginning of overtraining syndrome. It doesn't mean that you have to have all of them, but it's just something to start keeping in mind. If you are that person who is working out endless hours, do you want have decreased performance. Because with overtraining syndrome, it is one of the first things that you'll probably see. It can truly be a telltale sign if you have overtraining syndrome. When your performance is no longer improving. So this could be in running, in swimming, in biking, even in strength training. If you're not seeing the right gains, you're not getting faster, you're not getting stronger, that is decreased performance. And it, again, is a very telltale sign of overtraining syndrome. Number two is your perceived effort during workouts increasing. So what does that mean? All of a sudden, your workouts seem so hard. You might physically feel this, or you could even see it in your heart rate. So for example, the heart rate gets abnormally higher during exercise than it did before, 
or maybe your heart rate might be abnormally higher all day long, or maybe it takes longer to see your heart rate come down to a normal level after a workout, any of those things are actually a sign of overtraining. That's your body basically struggling, right? So you may feel the difference as in, oh my gosh, how come I used to be able to get through that bike class fine and now I'm dying halfway through? Or you might see it in the heart rate. I know for me personally, the night after a race, especially if it's an Ironman or a marathon, when I go to bed, I literally feel my body sort of pulsing. Like I'm feeling my heartbeat throughout my whole body. And I know, of course, after a race, I mean, something like that, that's expected in that situation. But that's what I mean by being really present in your body and feeling that difference. Like you probably don't sit and take your heart rate at work, but you might start, you might start wanting to know like, what is your, your heart rate in the office versus your heart rate during the workout? How long does it take to come down? All of these things are going to help you determine if you're getting close, it could be nearing that overtraining syndrome. Number three, do you have excessive fatigue? And this is one where it really starts to come down to what you're doing, what's going on. If you're starting to feel that excessive fatigue, I really want you to take some action now. Sometimes it's completely normal to have fatigue the day or two after a serious workout. I'm not saying that you should never have that fatigue, but if you never allow the body to truly recover, fully recover, and that fatigue you'll see will start adding up in the body. The body will feel the exhaustion and consistently be in this state of decline. And this can be from too much training it can also be from too little fueling or a combination of both of those things. And I see this a lot with my endurance athletes. Uh, they're trying to lose weight, but they're also training for an Ironman. And so we have to deficit their calories, but we also have to fuel them enough to get through these really big workouts with energy, right? I mean, the point is to do the marathon or the Ironman feeling amazing and having greater performance, not worse, because we're depleting you and deficiting those calories. So a lot of athletes come to me and they're like, I want to lose weight, but I'm also Ironman training. Can we do that? The answer is yes, but it's more difficult. It's easier for me to help you lose weight in your off season than it is during the endurance season, because I have to make sure that you are fueled enough for all the workouts. So I do it all the time, but I will say it's not as easy. So if you see excessive fatigue kicking in, like you're starting to be really tired all the time, in the morning when you get up, you don't feel refreshed. In the afternoon, you're feeling like you need to take a nap. By six o'clock, you're ready for bed. If this is happening every day, you have to take note of it. Something is going on. Number four, this is sign and symptom. It is true to life. Do you get moody? <laughs> Overtraining affects your hormones in your body, like the cortisol and the epinephrine, and this hormone imbalance will often lead to mood swings and irritability. It can also make it very tough to concentrate. So if you're starting to snap at your partner all the time, I know we've all been there, 
But if it's sort of starting to add up and you feel this way all the time, you're moody all the time. And for the ladies, if it's not around your cycle, it could be from overtraining. That, is a, that symptom actually is a really big one in overtraining. You'll see it pretty quickly. Number five, difficulty sleeping. And I notice this one big time as well when I am training for my endurance events. Sleep is the ultimate recovery period. I say it all the time. But due to the overproduction of the stress hormones like cortisol, we often struggle to wind down, relax, and our sleep can become very restless. This makes the fatigue and the moodiness even worse. So it's like another part of the vicious cycle of all of these symptoms playing into each other. But overtraining will actually start affecting your sleep. You'll have more difficulty potentially falling asleep or staying asleep or just restless sleep. And I definitely, like I said, I feel restless sleep when I get into the heat of Ironman training or marathon training. Number six, some people, not all, will start to get a loss of appetite. So when those hormones get unbalanced, our hunger is definitely affected and the hormones actually do impact our hunger. And when the physiological exhaustion of overtraining syndrome occurs, it can lead to appetite suppression. So if you're starting to feel like nothing sounds good to eat, you know that feeling? Like, I know we all, I know people say funny things to me like, oh, I hope I have that one, then I won't gain weight. I hope I get the loss of appetite part. You don't really hope that. I mean, to me, it, there's nothing worse. I mean, there are many worse things, but I don't like it when I have a lack of appetite. Like, it's healthy to have a strong appetite. That's a good sign. And so when you're in that period of like, you're kind of in that funk when just nothing sounds good and you don't really want to eat, that's loss of appetite, and it is a symptom of overtraining. Number seven, nagging injuries. When those muscles get overused all the time and you're never really getting that full recovery in, we start to see the chronic injuries occurring. It's often one injury that simply won't go away, or sometimes it's one injury, the next injury, another injury, and another when you start to see so many endless injuries, then you know something's going on in the body. Like the body is not handling the workouts. It's obviously not getting recovery. Something is wrong. So if you have nagging injuries, you need to know that it's potentially because you're overtraining. Number eight, frequent illness. That exhaustion eventually really taxes the immune system. And so if you're starting to get sick all the time, that is also a symptom. And again, it kind of goes with some of these other symptoms as they all sort of cycle into each other. Don't sleep well, start to get sick. Not eating enough, lack of appetite could affect the immune system. Not enough fuel, not enough strength. Like all of these are playing into each other. And so getting sick all the time, if you're starting to see that pattern where every time you get better, within a week you have something else, that could be one of the symptoms. Number nine, low bone mineral density. This is an interesting one because we think exercise helps our bone density, right? You're supposed to exercise all the time. That's gonna help my bone density. But they've actually shown that overtraining does not benefit your low bone mineral density that you need. So 
Keep an eye on that. If you're overtraining, it could affect your bone density. Number 10, nutrient deficiency. A lot of people who are overtraining, they become anemic. Not enough iron in the body. Number 11, psychological stress or depression. So not just the moody that we talked about, but literally the stress and depression for those of us who live to do these grueling and punishing workouts out there, the inability to do them once you get over training syndrome often causes depression. So one leads to another, leads to another, and literally you start to see all 11 of these symptoms over time start to build up. And that's why if we could stop it, if you could recognize it earlier, like you're gonna say, okay, I actually do have one or two of those symptoms, or three or four, or five or six, then you might need to back off. And let's talk about how can we prevent overtraining syndrome? How can we fix it? And those basically are the same thing. How can we prevent it? How can we fix it? Those are the same things. So number one, you need to find a workout approach that includes active recovery and complete rest. So as I had talked about, a lot of runners have like these periodization workout programs, the Ironman athletes as well. They should, they should have these builds in the program and then recoveries in the program. So if you're someone who maybe you're training yourself, maybe you're not knowledgeable enough to know where that recovery needs to come in and how to do it right. This would be the time to back off what you're doing, find the right coach who can help you, or to make sure you figure out how to get in the right recovery. Number two, if you're just someone who's hitting the gym for hours and hours a day, it's time for you to realize that if you cannot get the job done in one hour, you're doing something wrong. If you wanna have a couple days a week where you work out for two hours because you just love to do the cycle class and then yoga or something like that. I would say two days a week is your max. But I used to teach at the gym and I would have people, you know, I would teach a double class once a week because for me, for one, I wanted to, you know, to get it all done in one day because the gym is a little bit far from where I live. So I would teach a barbell class and then a kickboxing class. And let me tell you, it was taxing on my body to do the double workout. But again, when I teach back then, especially, I'm not going to do the class fully. I demonstrate the class, I demonstrate the moves, and then I go around and I encourage the class and I help with form. And so I'm not even doing it fully. But I would have so many clients, they love my barbell class. So they would take the barbell class and then they would, they love my kickboxing class. So they'd come with me over to the kickboxing class. And then I would hear them say, okay, let's go over to yoga. And they would go do yoga. I kid you not, I would see people from that gym doing three classes in a row. And in my opinion, if you have to do three classes in a row, you're doing something wrong or you need to find a new hobby. (laughs) The gym should not be your hobby. I think it's great when we love classes and when we love to work out, that's awesome. But if it is the only thing you do in a day, you are likely going to be overtrained and have a lot of bad symptoms. So if you're the person who's going to the gym more than once a day or more than one hour a day, can you please back off Find one solid class that you love a day and really try to make sure you're getting some days off. And not all workouts have to be at the level of what my kickboxing class was. I mean, that was like my kickboxing class was off the charts in in calories burned. You don't want to do that every day. 
Number three, always take a day off. So that last one leads into this one. Your body, it really needs a day off. A day off is great. Yes, you can take a walk on your day off. That's something I like to do. I walk, I give the dogs a longer walk, but the body really does need that day off. So give yourself that permission to take a day off every single week. If you're my athlete, I hope that your coach does have you take a day off once a week. I think it's important or that you're getting some major, major active recovery. Number four, you've got to fuel your body for these workouts. So if you are pushing the limits, especially my athletes, do not decrease those calories so much that you're so underfueled that you're going to be left lethargic afterwards. You've got to fuel for the amount of time you're doing these workouts. And number five, you might even tone it down for the next 10 days. If you're feeling a lot of this fatigue and the moodiness and the injuries and you're getting sick, what if you take the next 10 days to back off from what you're doing? Take walks, do easy swims, maybe some easy gentle yoga. Just because you're doing yoga doesn't mean it's easy. I did yoga this morning. There was nothing easy about it. <laughs> um, but maybe the next 10 days you can back off. Get some walks in, move your body, be gentle, be kind to your body, and see if any of your symptoms start to improve. Because if they do, then we know you were doing a little too much, a little too hard. We need to back off. You don't have to back off forever, but we need to find a better system for you in your workouts that include that active recovery, or perhaps you're just not fueling enough as well. So what happens now? So what happens if you, you're headed towards overtraining syndrome or you have it and you don't do anything to fix it? We are going to talk about that next week. On next week's podcast episode, we are going to talk about adrenal fatigue and adrenal insufficiency. Something that there's a lot of actual discrepancy out there about com- compared what doctors say to sort of the natural alternative practitioners, what they're saying about adrenal fatigue and adrenal insufficiency. It is sort of like the next level of overtraining syndrome. And I wanna make sure if you've already got overtraining syndrome, do you know where you're headed? Do you know what adrenal fatigue and insufficiency is like? Cause that's sort of the whole next level. And again, I see so many athletes headed there too. And it's sad and it's scary and this is why. I've seen some friends of mine go through this. I've seen some runner friends who were running so much so many hours, so many miles a week, and I, I knew eventually that they would break down. And yes, I, I saw several of my running friends go into these states where all of a sudden they were so injured and they were so fatigued, and it took them a long time to climb out of that hole. Because once you get to that level, you sort of have to stop running. And, and you'll start seeing a lot of doctors because you don't feel good anymore. And that's because they ran themselves down into the ground. I've also seen some Ironman athletes do this. They're amazing athletes, but they push like no other for so many hours a day, so many days a week, and they're doing so many races a year. And I start to see the decline and I've seen people put themselves into a hole so bad it has taken some, I, one person in particular, like over a year before they felt better and before they could start to come back to any of the swim, bike, and run. 
You trust me when I say this. You do not want to get that low. And that's why I was like really set on doing these two episodes for the podcast because I'm seeing it again with a lot of people. I, I, and I don't, I don't want to reach out and tell people, you're about to go through this because it's not my business unless they ask me my opinion. But I thought, well, maybe if I put it out there to the world in my podcast, I can help as many people as possible avoid this. So today, I just want you to focus on those symptoms of overtraining. And remember, if any of them happen to you at some point or they're already happening, you got to work on it. And next week, we're going to talk about adrenal fatigue and adrenal insufficiency. Thank you so much for listening today. Do make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe, like we go to iTunes, you actually hit subscribe, then you'll make sure that all these episodes just continue to fall into your podcast app. You just open your phone and all the new episodes are there. And I always do appreciate a review on iTunes. If you love the podcast, you like what I'm doing, I don't make a dollar from this. I do it because it's sort of my way to give back to the community, but I could absolutely love to have a rating and review. Just go to iTunes and please leave it there. That is the way to thank me. If you have any questions about any of my programs, especially I would say uh, for this one, my Fuel That Body program where I help athletes make sure that they're fueling their bodies enough, especially for Ironman type athletes, where we talk about how many carbs do you take in, how many calories, how many ounces of fluid, how many how many grams of, or milligrams of sodium. If you don't know those things and you're on a bike for six hours, you're going to definitely uh, have some issues when it comes to the runtime. So feel free to email me, Kim at earnthatbody.com for any of my programs, including Fuel That Body. We do have some exciting programs coming up, like for one in December, I can't believe it's already almost here, the holiday challenge is coming back. And when I say it's all new, it's all new. So we're not going to keep doing the same challenges of the last couple years. I know that they've been fun, but we're changing it up. It's not going to be about how many points you tracked or it's all new. And it includes the two week earn that booty brand new video program coming out all new. So keep an eye out for that. And the January Earn That Body session that everybody always wants to be in because it's the new year. If you're even thinking about starting my 10-week program, it actually starts at the end of December. So I wanna make sure you get in there for the pre-session in December, but the actual Earn That Body program starts January. So again, email me for anything and I can let you know what programs are best for you. Hope you all have a fantastic and super healthy week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.